Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever it is that you are too, living your juiciest life ever, where we have incredible conversations with women that have come from selfless to self-full, self-loathing to self-love, from one place to another place, and now they're living from their juiciest life ever. And it's all about their journey to inspire you to step into your juiciest life ever so that you can own your voice, your own creative expression and claim joy and come from that place of a full cup. I am super excited today to uh, invite, not invite, because she's already been invited, to welcome and introduce Sheila B. And I've been practicing and pronouncing her last name, so let's see if I got it right. Her name is Sheila Vijaya Rasa. And I just love that name. She's this very uh, elegant and what is that? What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Well, you're going to find out. So Sheila V is just uh, an amazing author and coach that has combined some very interesting things together. She's a powerful psychic medium. She has the ability to channel past souls and higher dimension beings. As a clear channel, she makes, helps to make change with velocity. She combines her spiritual wisdom with her skills and experience from the executive level corporate world. She coaches truth seekers to gain clarity on purpose and confidence to go out and achieve that purpose. She does this with mastery, strength, and no apologies. In fact, she gives clients such a powerful dose of truth, they cannot but honor themselves. The spiritual wisdom imparted makes them feel their own intuition and connection to spirit. She has the playbook on how to achieve your goals against whatever odds it is that you're facing. Sheila has an absolute metaphysical knowing that she needed to change. She needed to change her life and dedicate herself to transforming people's thinking around spirituality, especially in the corporate world. It was time to help people discover their true purpose and build a more fulfilling life. And we love to talk about fulfilling. Sheila now helps people from around the world. And she actually has a lot of clients in Canada. So I think she's being called in our direction. Do exactly and understand and step into their purpose and their power. So welcome, Sheila V. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time out and for being with us. Thank you, Kate. It is such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's a completely different time zone for us. I'm getting up. She's winding down. So <laughs> really for you. And that's the beauty of the world. It is having this zoom thing is actually kind of a cool thing, isn't it? Sure is. So it's just, I, I actually made so many notes and I want to know more about what's really, what really struck me. And this was from the first reading about you. And that is, is that I'm meeting more and more people that are blending spiritual coaching with executive coaching. And you've kind of taken it from what it sounds like to a whole other level. Uh, could you tell me more about what coaching looks like in your practice using your tools of being that powerful psychic medium? Because my understanding is different of what it is that I think that you're doing and mediumship and how that works in your process. Yeah, I love that question because, 
it's such a question of now. I left the corporate world as a finance director. And, you know, I have these unique abilities, which I inherited from my mother's side of the family to channel dead souls. And as a medium, it isn't just dead souls I channel, passed over souls, it's also high light consciousness. And as a corporate executive in the modern day, we're now moving into a feminine way of being, into an intuitive way of leadership, which is collaborative, it is heart-based. And this doesn't soften the edges of leadership. It actually makes it way more effective and um, way more potent leadership um, with greater success on the bottom line and top line, right? So how does that look in my business? There are so many corporate women that are burnt out and are lost and tired women do not wake up to their purpose. You know, and these women are working mothers, they're single mothers, there are mothers that are starting their side hustle, And these days, it's not the children that fly the nest, it's the mothers, right? Later in life, you fly the nest and go, hey, I'm I'm waking up to my purpose. So as far as um, how do I coach corporate executive women and women that are entrepreneurs with um, spiritual tools, there's several tools I use. One is the ability to channel. So once you start channeling from your higher self and spirit guides, you'll start to realize that your answers reside with these connections. And so I, I, I teach and I show my students and clients how to make this a daily practice. And they're all quite shocked once they start working with me. Even in my class this morning, one student said, oh my gosh, I'm connecting with my guides every day and I can't believe the guidance I'm getting through. And I said, this Amazing. is what it feels like to connect to your intuition. And this is what it feels like to become an all-knowing, powerful woman. And once you have this feeling, you cannot unfeel this. You cannot unknow this. And this becomes your new normal to trust yourself. And that's when we start living a life I call, you know, a courageous life. My book's called Brave, Courageously Live Your Truth. And I take the readers on a path called the courageous path. The courageous path is very simply one where you honor yourself and listen to your own intuition. And this gets amplified through the use of crystals and meditation and music. Um, But on my pathway, you know, a very potent thing is to have a soul tribe around you. And, you know, Kate, with your podcast and with your personal business and with mine, I create a tribe. So I don't just mentor clients one-on-one. I bring them into my container. And they and, and what I love and I delight in is, is how they've all become friends and they see each other's own life stories in other, in other people's life stories and they help each other. And I don't even have to be there. It's like this is potent um, connections that are made that where they help each other. So that's part of my mentoring is to bring them in a group. Mm-hmm. So any mentors out there listening to this, you also want to think about how you bring the tribe together because the collective is very powerful. Yeah, that's really amazing. That's, it's, it's interesting. So your clients, um, where, where do they come from? How, how do you, how, where, what are the types of people um, that are showing up for your, for your coaching? You know, there's so many women that are awakening to their spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. And 10 years ago, spirituality was highly associated with um, psychics and mediums and Reiki healers. And it felt like if you had a spiritual awakening and you called yourself spiritual, that was your path. And now women are realizing your spirituality is your intuition. And that opens up a whole, so many more layers um, and so many more pathways to follow. Coaches, healers, mentors, and 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 you know, COVID has been the great spiritual awakening. So there's a call to consciously parent, to consciously divorce. 
how do we be more conscious lawyers, accountants? Mm-hmm. So this consciousness and awareness is, is way more diverse than just becoming a psychic reader. And I'm a psychic reader. However, I'm, I'm consciously mentoring coaching in many modalities. So one main uh, way clients come to me is they've had a spiritual awakening. They don't understand what's going on and they want to step into their purpose. So it took, my book is about stepping into your purpose. So I wrote the book, I've got the playbook. So I, I help a lot of women and men also step into their purpose and also teach a course called Awakening Intuition, which is purely very much a psychic development course. And the students love it because they literally uh, learn how to read one another and channel. And then they take this life skill out. They become master channelers and they get a lot of confidence around their own abilities as healers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I've got women that are starting up their own spiritual businesses and I help them accelerate and, and do that because there's so many blocks along the way that want to stop you, you know, can I mm-hmm. do this? Do I make money? How do I quit my corporate job? What do I tell my husband? And so I, I mentor them through the process again with a group around them to go, yes, you can do this. And they do it together. That's amazing. It's such a, a really uh, a marvelous time, a difficult journey, but I think we really needed a uh, an elevation, uh, a kick, of course. And then the other thing, uh, it, so in this time has been, has been a really gift, a really great gift. The thing that comes to mind too, is that we have been trained out of being in touch with ourselves. The, you know, all of the influence that has been pumped into us over a long time has taught us to be small, has taught us to think small, has disconnected us from our intuition, has created such a left-brained world. And there's an emptiness in that. Mm, absolutely. You know, I need to belong will override our need to honor ourselves. You know, that's and, and, amazing. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. That's like, yeah, our need to belong will we'll overpower ourselves. And then that then we self-abandon. And I know this because I was, I was born into a Sri Lankan culture where you have to get married. You know, your worth is really tied to your marital status. And, um, you know, until you, you get married, doesn't matter what your job is or what your uh, accomplishments are, if it's not aligned with that value set, then you're not perceived as successful. And I've really had to battle through that. And it's brought on depression and anxiety because I had a value set that wasn't in alignment with my culture. And then I end up being a woman who sat at a board level you know, in a, in a company where in an industry where finance directors are mostly men, right? So I'm a woman alone at the board, sort of feeling like I don't belong, but needing to try to belong uh, and behave in a way that didn't feel authentic. So I constantly have found myself in situations where I've had to be brave. And, you know, Kate, we think of bravery in the larger sense of saving people from a crisis or a tragedy, right? It's a beautiful way of seeing the word bravery. But what about brave in the smaller sense, the smaller acts of bravery to honor ourselves and every day to choose ourselves? You know, and, and I think that's the new brave. Already, there's been such profound. I want you to say this one more time. Our need to belong overrides our need to honor ourselves. Honor ourselves. And this. I want everybody to really hear this because it's so, that's so profoundly true. And it really, it's just, 
I'm, I'm, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, putting that up above, you know, putting that up center, center fold. So the thing is, is that when we honor ourselves, we create a belonging. Absolutely. You find your soul tribe, you know, and there's a small, in the first chapter of my book, there's like, it's broken up into mini chapters and there's a, a mini chapter called the black sheep syndrome. And I was having a conversation with my cousin and I said to her, you know, do you feel like we're the black sheep of the family? Cause we're both not married and we don't have children. And she actually slapped me down and she said, no, no one called us the black sheep. You've called yourself that. And yeah. it's true because the self-abandonment process means, you know, we, I found, I labeled myself the black sheep to belong. So the black sheep still belongs. You just, you just call yourself a different color and it's a way of still belonging. And I realized I'm not a black sheep. I'm not a sheep. I'm a wolf. And I'm like, <laughs> to find a different way to belong or I may not belong, but uh -huh. I have to go away and find my own pack. And this pack at one point were other psychic mediums. It was other women on, on boards. Um, I found packs in, in, in women writing books. So the whole way along, I've just started to find new soul groups. And then once I found that, ironically, the process of belonging to my family and culture became a lot easier because I started to accept myself. And yeah, then I started, I stopped seeing myself as different and the need to belong just started to ease because like we talked about before, Kate, self-love came back. I, I, I have self-knowledge, which, which leads to self-love. When you know yourself, you don't abandon yourself and then love eventually flows. In that free, in that free space, that acceptance and yeah, forgiveness. Mm, absolutely <laughs> that's beautiful um and you mentioned your your analysis it's funny because one of the questions your your uh definition of bravery i one of that i actually written down one of those questions because it was how to be courageous in life how to receive signs from the universe how to overcome crisis and i said what does brave mean to you it's, it's the small acts it's the small act every day to choose yourself and in that your life's going to look messy and unglamorous and it's not going to make sense to the masses because a small brave act might be leaving your partner at the age of 55 where people might say to you well you can't split the house and what about the kids and what about the neighbors okay because your life stops making sense to everybody else and it's a brave act to say i don't know what it looks like on the other side but I have enough faith and courage to know that I'm choosing a different type of happiness. Very good. I would call that a, that that's a good, it's a great choice. And I go, wow, that's a big choice. That's a big, brave act. Mm -hmm. If you're used to being in relationship with someone and you have that household and you choose to leave it, that's big life change. That is a big, brave act. Absolutely. And, um, and okay, let's talk about a smaller, brave act. I mean, a, a smaller, brave act is, is just speaking your truth. You know, it's, it's learning how to, it's learning how to communicate in a marriage where you know how to start to compromise and, and you know how to speak up about your needs and even, even speaking of the needs helps you educate what your needs are. Cause so many women have resigned themselves that their needs won't be met. So the smaller act, you know, even with the clients I mentor is doing a personal development course where you, where you learn a, the language of doing that. And secondly, to find the safety in your body that you can. 
Mm -hmm. That's a very, that's a very profound truth because again, by putting ourselves last, we don't speak what it is that we want or step into what it is that we want. Yeah. And quite often I'll tell you this, I see a lot of relationships where once the woman starts speaking up and this is really a podcast for women primarily, once women start speaking up, they're actually quite shocked that their partner can meet their needs. And is happy to hear that. It's a relief. Mm -hmm. Because men want to know what to do or how to be so that we can have more love and more light. It's not, it's not an anger journey. It's, we never, we were never taught to uh, state, ask, or even to pay attention to our own needs. We're always say, you watch your, your mom take care of the family. So we adopt through generations a way of being. We adopt a learned way of behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we adopt ancestral trauma, you know, and there's this unspoken about energy that exists. And women have come from, you know, generations of suppression. So, of course, we're born into an energy of suppression that we don't even understand. And so we have to learn new behaviors. And, and, and what a great time to learn new behaviors where there are so many more empowered women coming up with tools and programs and workshops you know, to, to teach you that. So it's not even hard to find that in your local city, online on Zoom. And you know, it's not even hard to find the language that you need. You, you'll find the exact demographic to teach you that. The exact perfect person exists out of there, out there to teach you what you just got to find them. Amazing. So you mentioned um, from, a, from a time, I, the question is, is that can you have to ask you, can you describe a time when you felt like you were, you were giving too much to others and neglecting yourself in the process? This, I know that I, I already got a piece of the story from the corporate side of things, but of course it's always about our whole life, right? So if you can expand on that corporate transition, because obviously there was a, a gnawing for a period of time that you probably didn't, it was like, what is that? How do I slap that mosquito, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and my ego was really attached to my identity in my corporate role. So you might remember a book called 50 Shades of Grey. Kate, do yes. you remember that book? Yeah. <laughs> so I was working at Random House and I was the head of commercial and I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, part of a small team of executives and I wasn't an executive at that time, but I had decision-making responsibilities. So we had to decide on a reprint of uh, that book and how many copies we needed in the market. And I, I had great pride in being so good at my job and being the best analyst. And I was a perfectionist and I worked exceptionally long hours in that role. And um, I didn't make a mistake, you know. I, I kind of worked to the point where I ensured a mistake didn't happen. You know, seven days a week was, was really, I was in the office. I worked weekends. That book was running hot. And in the Australian market, we didn't really know how to gauge when that book would, would stop selling. And due to the logistics of where Australia is, it takes two months to ship copies out from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere. So we had a lead time of two months. So I had to, I had to forecast constantly the sales and we didn't want to underestimate the sales because if we did, we'd, we'd fall short of sales, we'd lose sales, right? So we wanted to make sure we had enough stock in the market. So there's one meeting I was in and I estimated we needed a, a substantial reorder and I thought I'd got the number right. Anyway, so we put that order, um, the copies were printed and put on a ship 
And then a week later, when we got the data that, that gave us the sales analysis, it was shown to us that the sales in the Australian market had all of a sudden stopped dead. And we were left with this significant, and I'd call it mistake on a ship. And do you know something, Kate? I made it my mistake, even though there was a group around us that all signed off on it. Because women in the corporate world that are perfectionists do that, we make ourselves wrong. Mm. We take the collective mm. responsibility. In the weeks and months that followed that mistake, I started to suffer from great anxiety and depression. And I started to, my performance got hampered. And in, upon reflection, it was the beginning of me really doing personal development work because my life was significantly out of balance, you know, and it was the beginning of me probably having a big spiritual awakening to my gifts, to my abilities, to my inner nature, to, to, to emotions that I didn't know how to process. And, and, it, and it was a time back then that I didn't have a lot of resources, truthfully. Mm-hmm. So I had to reach out to a lot of people and start to ask them questions about, you know, why don't I have a partner? Why can't I attract love? Why does my work mean so much to me? You know, because when I made this mistake, it wasn't that I made a mistake. I was wrong. Not that I made a wrong decision. I made my entire being wrong. Mm -hmm. That's a very, I believe that that's a very common, like you said, very common problem with women. And I know that for my whole life, and I still have to watch it today is to not make myself wrong. Yeah. Like, what did I do in this situation that was wrong? And it's Absolutely. like. It's a daily practice. You know, I teach my students that we're here on earth school yeah. and you'll evolve faster and life will feel more in flow if we can look at every day is teaching us. And it's a feedback mechanism, you know, and, and, and when we have more, when I have more compassion for myself, I know others have more for me. Because we're energy and everything is vibrationally matching you. So if you're vibrating at a a level of compassion for yourself, of course the world will mirror that back. I back then was vibrating at a vibration of judgment and criticism to me. Mm -hmm. So of course all then I experienced around me was that. Proving it, proving it, proving it, proving it. Yeah. My inner thought, my, my outer world reflected my inner thoughts about myself. You know, and I was really unconscious about this. And that was that, that was the battle. I didn't realize I was creating my own life around me. I'd taken no responsibility. Pardon me? I'd taken no responsibility Mm. for my life. Yeah, that's a really, it's, it's a, I always say fine lines and perspectives because to take responsibility, there can be that the level of the self-blame piece or making yourself wrong. So you need to go, okay, you know what I just did? I just did that. So I have to move back for taking responsibility. What are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? What am I thinking about that I'm creating about? Like, what am I inviting into my life? Yeah, we, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that transition can be really challenging and even more so if we're out there alone trying to navigate it, because as the U2 song says, you think it's easier if the trouble is you, well, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah, great line. (laughs) This all sits in our blind spots, in our unconscious. So of course we need mentors and coaches. And for such a long time now, I've had a mentor around me. I I don't do life without it. Um, Because to accelerate in the way I want to and to grow, 
on my limited time on earth, I know I'm going to need wiser women and men around me to show me the way. And I do that for women. And I just say, you know, when you move away from my mentoring, make sure you've always got someone around you. And I have multiple mentors. You might have a mentor around being a mother. You might have a mentor around your business. You mm -hmm. might have, um, you know, someone inspiring you through your marriage and how you navigate the highs and lows. You know, don't do life alone. There's, there's a lot of wisdom to be tapped into. That's a really important point. And uh, again, we often, we as women often think it's like, I am capable. I, I, I need to, I should, I should know how to do this already, you know, yeah, which is know, an isolate, like, such an isolating statement. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think as women, we find so many ways to make ourselves wrong because it allows us to stay small and, you know, something, I don't know if we can always be with our largeness, you know, even writing my book and stepping up as a medium I call a book brave because in some ways I had to be brave to be seen and I had to be brave to say my life, my own way counts, you know, doing it this way is actually important for me, even if no one else gets it, you know, and it took courage to even have that thought. Mm -hmm. And understanding that your story and your journey has value. Yeah. Because absolutely. it's, the key to connecting with other people that you're going to be able to serve and to be able to help. Absolutely. You know, I think, I, I think ironically, the story is the byproduct. I didn't, I didn't set out to, to have a story. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. The, the, I, I look back and went, Oh, there's a story here. Um, I think, you know, and I now mentor women to write their own books and their stories as a very cathartic healing process and for it to, to serve in a larger sense. So I guess on the spiritual path, what we do is we move from serving ourselves to serving the collective. It's just a really natural progression that happens. And so once you serve yourself, the next logical step is your cup ends up flowing is to inevitably serve the collective. And then the vehicle is maybe a podcast like you're doing, Kate, or writing or teaching, but it becomes very easy. The next step is actually fairly easy to serve. I mean, when I say easy, we might struggle with what is in the book and how do we write it, but that's just the vehicle. The actual, the actual feeling that bubbles up is just there. And I see it when I mentor women. It's like they're just ready. Yeah. The, the, the apple, it's ready to be picked. I'm like, yeah, you are. I can see it. It's so fun, isn't it? It's great. It, it's, it's, it's such joy to mentor and coach. And, you know, I, I, I sat as a finance director years ago and I recall on my lunch break thinking, Gosh, oh, I wish I wish I could just read books and teach and inspire people. I had this thought, I wish I could do that full time. Oh and then, God. you know, three or four years later, I'm doing it. I, I literally read books and, and write content and course material. And I never thought I, I mean, I'm not qualified to do it, but I have just so much life experience. Yeah. <laughs> and it's natural, you know. You share what it is that you have, you deepen, you expand and you keep moving forward. And so you're you're following changes and it evolves and, you know, the people that you work with. I love that. Um, the other thing that there's so many things as you're speaking, I've got, Oh, that's, there's another one. There's another one. <laughs> all like, these little branches come off when we chat, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, in the, when you had, when you left, uh, the, the, the corporate industry. Okay. So, so this, the depression, the anxiety, all of that, that sort of arose from that situation. It was kind of like you were being delivered the, the exit, you know? Yeah. And so on the journey, as you started to 
evolve um, and and transform your own life through the mediumship because we you weren't using that before. This was something that all of a sudden you kind of it was kind of there, but it wasn't. What was the story? Yeah, I mean, that? like these abilities. Yeah, absolutely. Like these abilities. You know, they're always kind of there, but they're not right because mm-hmm. you you don't even know how to talk about it. You don't have a dialogue. You don't have a teacher showing you anything. This is okay. So I come from a line of mediums on my mother's side and connecting to spirit was always very easy. Like it was kind of very natural, but it never occurred to me that this was a gift. You use it, you work professionally with it. You talk about it, you know, shrouded in kind of a secrecy, you know, it it was kind of. And given a bad name and yeah, it was. Yeah. People can't relate to this ability as, as actually such an ability to heal and transform people in the years to come. We will see it as that. Like meditation 10 years ago was considered a waste of time. Why would you do it? You know, and now it's like, it's, it's, it's a part of a corporate work day. So many companies just have this and they know it's so important for mental health. So in 10 years time, we'll be having corporate executives channeling and knowing that to sit in a space of channel, you know, from high consciousness is actually what gives you a superpower as a corporate CEO. We will come to know that time. I believe that too. The, the shift where we've been in the darkness for so long that's been uprooted in the last 18 months, even more so, I think is really giving us a path to create a new world. Absolutely. As you opposed know, the, to like, fighting that, creating something yeah. new. Yeah. Um, you know, since COVID, everyone's exhaled, you know, even though it's been so hard. In my book, there's a chapter called The Dark Night of Courage. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you got to go through the darkness and we're in lockdown back in, in Sydney. We're back in lockdown again. I heard some horrible stuff in there today, this morning. I was like, yeah, yeah. we're in week eight of lockdown and we can only travel five kilometers from where we live and we're restricted on our, you know, exercise and haven't seen my parents, for, you know, for a couple of months now. So or my family, so it, it's, it's challenging. And on some level, um, you know, I and, and the collective are being called, to have greater compassion for each other and to look at our lives at what is serving and isn't serving us. And we've got to sit in the stillness and it's really uncomfortable. You know, it's calling us to make changes in our life potentially when we're, when lockdown lifts, you know, and, and, and from that we'll be born more of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. I think that this is our time. This is totally a spiritual awakening time. And uh, whenever I'm struggling and it's always what I share, whenever I'm struggling, is I'm always say what I need to focus on is growing my own light. Yeah, beautiful. Right, grow more light so I can carry more light. Grow more light so I can carry more light. Carry more light so I can grow my light. Because it's the only way. Uh, from it's it's a simple way for me to uh, step out of what's happening and not focus on that to be focused on that. Because people say to me, well, "What do I do?" And I say, "Well, the best thing, the best piece of advice I can suggest is that." grow your own light, grow your own spiritual side of your life, because this is how we're going to change the world. We need this. We need this so bad right now to eradicate the darkness. Absolutely. And and sometimes we've got to grow the light by going through the dark. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is like making radical changes in your life and moving away from people that are not in alignment with you or your values. You know, it's waking up and saying to honor that you want to study something new or live in a different place, you know, or or change your relationship with your family, you know? Um, We don't know what that looks like, uh, but the process tends to be through some sort of darkness, I found, or a crisis of some kind. Yeah, because human beings want to be comfortable, right? 
So until we get a (laughs) complete shakeup, it's like, oh, I just hit my head again, right? And, and, and when you hit it hard enough, that's when you wake up. It doesn't have to be that hard, truthfully. No. You know, I, I read in my book that it's through a crisis because, you know, I didn't, I, I, I had a, I had a, a cluster of, a road of trials is, you know, in heroin's journey. And I had a, a broke a toe and then my apartment flooded a couple of weeks later and I had to move out with a broken toe. And then my relationship suddenly end. And then I got fired all in the space of, I think, five weeks Oh, and, wow. And I, that was my, that was my grand puba spiritual awakening. Cause straight after that, I started to work in my spiritual business. I got the message from the universe. I get it. You're clearing everything out of my life. So I have no choice, but to do this work. Did it have to be that way, Kate? No, but I'd given the universe no choice. Cause I'd not listened to any of the signs along the way. I ignored them all. I didn't want to give up my corporate job or my salary or my safety. And I didn't have to want to, I didn't want to tell my family that I was going to pursue this new path. I just ref, I refused the call from the universe. Mm-hmm. And we refuse so, it in different ways. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's, it, it's the, the accumulation of the, the bumps. Cause it's like, yes. first you get this little tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a louder tap on the shoulder. Cause there are lots of signs. Of I remember, course. I remember this one time in my life. I was so frustrated and I was, I just said, God, I said, I know I've been asking and I know you've been speaking, but I haven't been able to hear you. Can you just give me a knock on the head? Hit me over the head with a hammer, I said. And the very next day it happened. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Actually, could it no, <laughs> no, it wasn't an actual real oh, hammer. I, I, I had to check. It was. It was, I, it was undeniable. So I could yeah. no longer yep. turn a blind eye. Yeah, absolutely. I teach that to my students. Yeah, well, yeah. When you ask for a sign from the universe, there's a, there's a, ch- a chapter in my book about signs. And when you, when you ask for a sign, you do receive it. You it's do. spiritual law. It's universal law. You must ask. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I, I love them because there, there's undeniable specific pieces that this is this is how it works I have and just because I'm not hearing doesn't mean that there's there isn't an answer yeah (laughs) it's like how do I open these a little more (laughs) (laughs) I think when we get to the other side we'll realize how much the universe is trying to communicate to us and how dulled down our senses can be I have a joke about that but we won't go there right now (laughs) (laughs) so please because this the, the book launching is so imminent and I did buy the Kindle the other day and I'm super excited to read it. I'm so excited. Just hearing you speak gives me a picture of how you actually write. And so I'm really, I'm excited about your, your words and your, you know, all of that. And I, and and so tell us about the book because I know that you've invited other women to be part of that. So please give us do a little marketing around What's, yeah. this, what's this whole book about? And let's. Oh God, this book is is, is really a, a, a birth of passion of mine. You know, when you, I had such a such a life being lost and confused. It started with the Fifty Shades of Grey stock error that I made, right? And fifteen years later, I'm 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 I've done ayahuasca in Peru. I've done I've done ayahuasca twenty times. I've um, sat with shamans. I've studied mediumship at the Arthur Finlay College in London. You know. 
I was a corporate executive at Simon and Schuster, you know, and, and I've spent time in the New York office. It's, it was a life where I was so conflicted and lost about my spirituality and what I'm meant to do that I became a seeker of the truth from my late twenties. And when women were getting married and having kids, I just decided to seek the truth. And, you know, I think that was my Dharma. And so this book really is a, a playbook. It's a roadmap for women to help them find their truth. And I literally take them on a journey and it's on a path I call the courageous path. And it's a pathway that gives you clarity and offers you tools about how to start living a life your way on your terms. And I've incorporated the voices of 19 other women and they offer the most practical grounded stories, you know, women that had fertility issues, women that have, you know, struggled with meditation, you know, women that have struggled with, um, you know, extreme sport and then realizing they've got to be gentle on their body. You know, a friend of mine's a musician and the whole, her whole life's been pursuing this passion, this creative passion to be an artist. And everyone's wondered, why are you doing that? You know, um, there's, there's, there's women that are starting movements and they need a tribe of women around them to believe in them. So there's so many different interesting stories in there um, that offer you just a real smorgasbord of experiences and I get a lot of feedback. My book's been out in Australia and New Zealand and the UK since May. And probably twice a week, I get an email or, or a, a messenger message telling me how much this book spoke to them and they feel like it's their friend talking to them. And it's such a compliment because when I sat and wrote, I wanted it to be that, you know, we write the book that we wish we had for ourselves. Yeah. So I really, I kind of wrote the book that I wish I'd had when I was 29. And someone said, don't worry, you don't have to do life so hard. Just, just read this. And, that's and, and, wonderful yeah and I wish this is not this is a, a book for a woman of any age that's feeling lost and going how do I just start making changes in my life brilliant I, I want to be brave I don't exactly know how to but I know that I can be beautiful and creating more and more of a tribe it's wonderful that you're creating that two-way sense of conversation you know people are reaching out you are responding you are, yeah. you know, you're creating that energetic connection. And the more that we do that, the bigger that light that we spoke about actually can grow. Absolutely. And I think it's an exciting time to be a woman because if you, if you have the inkling to start any project, any business to start, um, to start something, you are hundred percent guaranteed that you will not have to do it alone. There is such a community of women out there that will have a skill or a network or information or knowledge or support for you, that all you need to do is just decide to start and then the support will show up. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It's so true. That's the time we're living in. 10 years ago, maybe not. Now you will have support. So you just got to start. Well, that's interesting because I, I think that the more in alignment with what it is that you're meant to do or you know, more in that uh, in sync vibrational frequency, that more will show up. Like I, one example I can use, and I didn't see it at the time, is I had stage fright. And wow. so I, I had lost my voice through a series of events. I was beginning to come, I, I had to sing. And through, through, a, through a series of events, I had started to sing and I was getting up and I was, you know, fighting through parts of it. And so many people showed up wow. to support me. Like I got to, I, I, I've gotten to play with some of the world's top jazz musicians. I've, 
you know, I, I, I remember once I was told by one that was, you know, a, a local jazz musician, he would just, he looked at me one day and said, you need to quit your day job, right? I was like, this isn't the 50s, <laughs> right? But the, the support was everywhere. Yeah. You yeah. know, people actually offering to mentor me and not charging me, mm. you know, come over and I'll, I'll teach you some, some stuff about your voice, you know? Absolutely. Mir miracles show up in your life when you decide to be brave. I absolutely believe that. And I've had a miraculous life since I decided to honor my spiritual nature and my gifts, work in the field, write and teach. It was never the life I planned never the life I thought I'd have. I thought I'd be a CEO of a corporate company and married with kids. I've had a very unconventional life, but in honoring it, I've had probably the most interesting experiences happen, you know? So uh, I, I think I think a better life is planned for us than the one we actually have in our head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that limited space. Yeah. Well, we just came up with the name for the podcast. What's the name? Miracles show up when you decide to be brave. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> so for our final question today, I would love to know, to, for the listeners to know what it is that you're up to next over the next That's one, three question. or five years. Yeah. Uh, and if you could share, yes, that would be great. So um, I pitched my publisher, Rockpool, to do an affirmation deck of cards, you know, to, to, to compliment my book because I do believe a positive affirmation in the morning or guidance is so instructive for how your day goes and I'm writing a, a workbook and a journal to accompany the book so I'm excited about that you know introspective questions I'm machinating what the next book's going to be and I feel like it's going to be about love so I'm thinking I'm going to write another book and I'm planning to come to the US for a book tour hopefully when the Australian borders open and I'm writing a load of programs. So um, you can find my programs on SheilaV.co and find me on Instagram, Sheila underscore V underscore underscore, or just find me on Facebook. I've got a, a group called Be Brave Tribe. So uh, there's so many ways you can connect. Beautiful. All of that information I'm also going to include in the description. And uh, the, one of the very important questions is what practice can you share that you do that keeps you in alignment with moving forward in your success and staying in touch with yourself on a daily basis? I teach this and I, and I do this every day is I connect with my spirit team. I connect with my team of guides around me. And I know this because as a medium, I connect with my clients, client spirit team and ancestors. And I think we'd be shocked to know how much guidance there is on the other side. So I sit quietly and I invite them into my sacred space, into my auric field, and I just start writing. And I, I, I get the answers for the day ahead. And, and it's an, a bit of an unconventional practice. And a lot of people do this when they meditate anyway, but I do this consciously where there's an invitation um, to be guided in a way where it's like my higher self knows the way. And I find I've found in doing that practice every day, the ideas for the book have come, the ideas for the changes in my life, mm -hmm. you know, um, the, the, the new clients seem to come towards me because I start becoming magnetic because the guidance I'm getting is, is allowing them to start finding me. So that's simple practice, but I invite my spirit team and I know they turn up. Yeah. 
And would you recommend in that space to make sure that people are grounded and that they're really directing uh, their focus to their higher self so that they're not attracting other things into the, the mix? 100%. Yeah. yeah thanks, and thanks for inviting that, that line of questioning in. So I teach that we always connect to of the, the light and I say of the light of the light of the light three times. And I sit in a space where I'm grounded and I know that I'm, I'm sending energy into mother earth. And I obviously put uh, a beautiful bubble of light around myself. Perfect. I try and sit in the same space every day. So that space becomes quite sacred mm. and, and high vibrational frequency. And I play beautiful sounds and musics just to take me into that space fairly quickly. And then I really honor silence because with social media and noise, how often do we have silence? Mm. You know, the, the vibration of silence and stillness is really powerful. And, you know, as a medium, what we do is we lift our vibration to reach the vibration of past over souls. So I've been taught that naturally as a medium. So when we sit and meditate, we're taking our frequency to a place where we can access light. So if you just do that practice and set the intention to bring light in, it will happen. We are much more powerful, powerful beyond our belief, powerful beyond what we know. Absolutely. So That's the truth. Make one step past where it is that you are now and tomorrow make another one. I love that. So thank you so much, Sheila. I'm just so feel so blessed to have this conversation and I thank you for your presence, your words of wisdom and your inspiration. And thank you listeners for being on the show and having a listen. I sure hope some of you had a pen and a piece of paper. And if you don't, you can always have a listen again. Amazing gifts that uh, Sheila has given today and lots of inspiration. So listeners, thank you so much for being here today on living your juiciest life ever. And remember, you are a miracle. Have an incredible day and look forward to seeing you on the other side.